Well, hello again, this is Shane and this is Heartlines. This is episode 29 and I have another very special guest. He is the owner of Coach Approach, an award-winning fitness and sports company. He's also, he also was Tala Person of the Year 2019 and he's a proud Tala man. His name is Lee Maroney. How are you doing, Lee? I'm fine. Thank you very much for the introduction there. Um, and I'm still Tala Person of the Year for 2020. I've been nominated again, so I'm going to hold the chain for another year. Oh, very good. We're, we're going to get into Tala Person of the Year very shortly. Before I, I got in touch with you, Lee, I, I just knew the name Lee Maroney. And Lee Maroney for me was synonymous with St. Anne's GAA Club. Now, please tell the listeners about your ties to St. Anne's from the beginning when you you know, first started getting involved in St. Anne's. So I would have started uh, playing when I was about 12 years of age. It was pretty late for most uh, children to take up playing GA. And my uncle bought me a pair of boots and up I went. And I wasn't really into it beforehand. And uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And then about 16 years of age, I started just going out with uh, an under, I was only, I'm 16. There was an under 13 boys team. My mother was involved. And I just started going out and I just started being like a, an assistant uh, to them. Um, and if the referee didn't show up, I got the whistle and I refereed the game and they gave us a few bob. Uh, loads of controversy over that. But, <laughs> um, and then I became a referee when I was about just before my 17th birthday and I started refereeing on behalf of St. Anne's J-Club and I'm refereeing since 1998. So that's what, 22 years now. And then my involvement in St. Anne's really then I became uh, a manager of an under, I done a lot of coaching courses and then I became a manager with um, the under 13 team and started coaching and mentoring them. I was only supposed to be involved as an, an assistant manager, but the chairperson at the time uh, with the O'Reilly said, well, congratulations on your role. And I said, what's my role? And he said, you're the manager. And I suppose that's where I started then my involvement and my coaching experience started from then. Like, so that was... Uh, early to our early 2000 or well, September 2000 I started coaching and managing a team and then we had them boys for six and a half years until they were 18 years of age you know yeah and then I've been involved with other teams and a little bit of coaching with um, the ladies Gaelic football team and we won a championship and the boys won another championship in 2004 so yeah I spent a long time coaching there and then Around 2008, when I came back from us, oh, I'd done a bit of coaching full-time in the schools. Um, the, the GPO, the Games Promotion Officer, uh, was sort of taking a break, and I'd done a bit of Games Promotion. And then back in 2008, when I came back from Australia, I'd done a bit more. I was there for about four and a half years then. It was time of recession. I wanted to do something else, but uh, there was a job opportunity there at the time, so I, I took it on board, you know, so I was there for four and a half years and um, St. Anne's is still my club and um, we've sponsored uh, three sets of jerseys over the last few years and uh, plan to do more and uh, I think it's important to give back to you know at, at that stage in Tata and in my life with my parents and that I could have went a left road or a right road I just went and took the Borna Arena road and, and ended up there you know so I'm very thankful for that time that I got you know Mm. I mean, the GAA is all about community and, and community spirit. And, and you've, you've just outlined that fact. You, you, you're very much involved in the community. You, you very much just help out where you can. And just be, just the fact that you are willing to help 
uh, allowed you to open many doors and give you opportunities to manage different teams and learn more about your craft, you know? Now you're talking about like coaching courses. Is that within GAA co- coaching courses or is yeah, that out so with- about 98, they sent us on this foundation level course, about 99 on this foundation level course. Uh, I remember it was a freezing night down at St. James Gales on the Crumlin Road. You couldn't feel your fingers, but you're out doing a bit of a course, you know, and uh, really, really enjoyed it. And I suppose that's where my love for coaching or getting involved and seeing people come on uh, developed, you know, from that. And then I would have done the level one, which was the next step up um, at the time, which was more aimed at adult coaching. But I suppose you could take a lot of the stuff out of the adult bit and add it to teenagers. That was about 2001. And then I sort of, you know, kept going. So I became a coach educator back in about 2013, qualified as a coach educator, done my award too. So I could coach uh, and teach people how to become coaches. You know, that was one of my goals when I left mm. school, you know. So when you went to Australia, you went to, how long were you in Australia for? I went to Australia in uh, November 2007. Yeah, I went for about 10 and a half months. I was sort of six months in, or seven months in Australia from Je- to January, but I'd done a bit of traveling around. I was in uh, uh, LA and Las Vegas and Fiji mm. and yeah. places like that, you know? Just getting. And yeah. I was part of the Michael Cusack's GA club over in Sydney, um, and I was a referee for them. So that gave us a bit of connection, you know? Yeah, that's, I think a lot of Irish people go to Australia and, and they go and, and they, they work and, and they enjoy themselves, but you went over and you continued your GAA love. That's, that's impressive. You know, a lot of people like will become part of like GAA uh, clubs. Like my brother lives in Paris, for example, he, he played hurling for Paris, you know, but that's after a couple of years, he's like over 10 years there, but you only did like a few months and you just got straight, you guys just got straight into the deep end. You got involved in yeah, that. Yeah, I said, this club. is what I like to do. I'm yeah. a referee at home in Dublin and, you know, opportunities, you know, and it was a different type of game over there it's very very much more rough and tumble than it is here like they just really want someone to blow the whistle at the start throwing the ball and walk off the field you know? <laughs> yeah i watch i watch i sometimes watch aussie rules man they are they are machines man they just they lumped ahead of each other <laughs> it's just crazy stuff like and great time to be involved and you know met lots of people there i went skiing with a ga club or you know up in uh, near the Blue Mountains, it was mad, you know. When you, I never would associate skiing with um, Australia, you know, so it was quite a, a journey, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now that takes a lot of energy, like to put yourself out there in the community. Like, where do you think that comes from? Does it come from home? Is your mother, your your father, are they yeah, involved in my, the community so much? My mother would have been um, a person that would have been, and still, well, you know, she's not as involved anymore. Yeah. But she would have been involved in running uh, trips to Mosny, um, or Butlins, we, we used to call it. So you used to go around every week. I think it was seven pounds, and you got your bus down and your entry fee. When you think about it. And she used to do like a club where people, she went around on a weekly basis and collected money. Yeah. And then we used to go, I think we used to get a free entry in. And, she, and then she was done that, and then she would have been involved with, there would have been, uh, football on the green uh, for ladies and she would have organised that like it would have been like just sort of casual seven aside sort of soccer on the green when Bally Crab was a new estate so she would have been involved in that sense and she would have organised um, I think at Christmas time and I think maybe another hundred year like uh, do, do's they used to call it for women uh, used to go out and like have a cabaret show and 
chicken and chips and all that. So she used to organise that sort of stuff. So I would have seen that throughout the years. And then she got, she wasn't involved in my St. Anne's team, but she was involved in another St. Anne's team and helping out there. So I think, you know, we did manage a team for a while at under 14 girls. Uh, I needed a, as a male, you need a female yeah. to um, be like a liaison officer and, you know, to sort of deal with dressing rooms and stuff like that. And uh, I had, nobody was willing to volunteer their Friday nights. And I asked my mother and we, we managed a team for his cuts of a year, like, you know, so it was good, like, you know. You struck up a chord there with Mosny. I remember uh, my neighbour down the road, Um, she, she used to organise the trips to Mosny. We, we'd uh, we'd all yeah. pay a few bob and, and the bus would arrive and we'd fly down to Mosny. Mosny, man, was the best. It was brilliant. Wasn't it? It was just like, you it know, like... you so excited the day before. Do you remember, like, like in the, I've been over to Wales and Burstatton and Butlins and all that, but we don't, like, we don't have it, that uh, that choice. Like, we have centre parks now. I think it's in Roscommon. But apart from that, we don't yeah. have a lot of these kind of... And, and Trebolgan, but I've never actually been. Have you been to Trebolgan? Yeah, yeah. I brought a team there two yeah. years in a row. Yeah, yeah. I've never, good, yeah. I've never been there, but we don't have as much choice as the UK, like, you know, but uh, Mosny, man, was... It, it's definitely not, like, it's more, it's definitely, like, there is the pubs and there is, like, the centre where there's, like, an arcade and there is, like, a chipper and a family restaurant and all sorts, like, you know, caves for all sorts of budgets. Yeah. Definitely not the same. There's no amusement park. There's, like, a small little, I think, a small little bowling alley and you know, an adventure zone and stuff like that, but nothing like we go karts. There was go karts in uh, Trabalgan. The boys loved go karts, yeah. but um, apart from that, there was nothing else. You know. Yeah, Mazda was mad. Remember, remember the swimming pool. Looked yeah. into the 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 restaurants. Watch the people have have the, the dinners and stuff. Great crack. Yeah. And just the whole atmosphere, it was just like, just a different time. What was it, the 90s? I think it was the 90s. Maybe the 80s, I'm not too sure. Maybe it was before that. Yeah, it was sort of the... The 90s, the mid 90s, and then yeah. I think they shut and um, and sold it. And I think it's uh, I was down there. Like the funny thing was back in 2005, I worked. Was it 2005? Yeah, I worked uh, for Dublin Community Games, mm. and I coordinated a community games project, of course, uh, North and Dock and, and West Tata, which was Joe Joe for the Karen Brookfield. I was involved a little bit in Canarding and stuff like that. But one of the key things was that we went down and. Uh, to Mosny, so Mosny was open, the swimming pool was open. We brought, and there was still the, the refugees were there, and yeah, and uh, the, and they don't like community games. So we took over the whole camp and the kids then the chalets. And now I wasn't involved with the kids, I setting a mobile hop, I refereed uh, an all Ireland finals. Mad when you think about it, an all Ireland final under 10s or something like that it was ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah, like uh, there was no, there was the arcades and there was the swimming pool. And then there was all these activities. So there was people there. So this was 2006. The, like for years, the community games were still held there, you know, mm. even though there was all this else going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, so you started out in St. Anne's and that gave you a kind of, a, you know, a, a love or a passion for, for people and motivating people to, to be better versions yeah. of themselves. So I want, to, I want you to talk about your uh, your business uh, or your owner, founder, Coach Approach. Talk about, tell the listeners about like what you do in Coach Approach. Yeah, so Coach Approach. So in April 2013, I left St. Anne's uh, just to move on and just to do something else. Hmm. And um, I had no money. <laughs> this may seem funny. I was on the dole. 
Uh, I thought I would land a job uh, pretty quickly, but that didn't arise. And one night I was out um, with a friend and we had a few drinks and a bite to eat and I got a taxi home. And I realised I spent 90 euros and I was like, that's half the dough. That's how it was half the dough. And I went, I need to do something like, so what can I do? So it wasn't, people think there's a big grand design that coach approach started but it was basically a need of like well I can't have some sort of a lifestyle I need to have another uh, payment I need to have something else up and running so I just went to the local enterprise office I said I have an idea for a company and at the time Joan Bruton had brought out this thing called start their own enterprise scheme it was called STAA and the scheme was very basic that it didn't matter you didn't have to be on the scheme for six months there wasn't you didn't have to be if you're on this if you're on the social effort a week you could start your own enterprise so i was on the scheme for a few weeks and i went around and i met with people in the local enterprise office in partas and also in the social welfare up in tala and i started coach approach i don't want to start your own business course and now the start what the aim was to earn 300 euros a week and um, i did do a poster that was about coach approach and sports and fitness and health and all that but we'd none of that up and running so we had a i had a vision that and the reason why i chose coach approach and um, was because coaching is all about helping people and the direct uh, translation of coach or coach is hungarian it's called coach amazingly that's what that's where coach the bus coach the person yeah so yeah. it basically means to carry people from a to b so that's what coach means or coach means so i i didn't want to say lee's sports parties parties or sports for fun party parties because i could see that it would develop into something more but now where that something more was i didn't know (laughs) and so we started doing sports parties for children and i remember launching it and got loads of likes and all and but we hadn't got much interest and then we did a booking and then it started spiraling from there. And then people was like, oh, will you do a summer camp or can you come and do a session for Easter? And then um, and then I started doing the the jogging on that didn't, or the couch to 5K groups and all that didn't begin until the following September. So it was about the business was over a year and a bit old at the time before or the sole trader before we started um, doing the jogging groups, you know. So that so that's what we do. We do couch to five k, learn to jog, and that's gone virtually at virtual at the moment. So we've twenty six people in a group from all around uh, Dublin, Ireland. We've one lad in India participating yeah. in a couch five k class, and so we started doing that, and that was very popular. And then after about a year or so, or yeah, about a year or so, I realised that people were coming back, and all I could facilitate was a couch to 5k and but there was people that were faster than that there was people that were more capable than that and then I think it was around around 2017 so it was a good while after that and we started like we done a couch to 10 group but then I was trying to do a couch to 5k again and the groups were becoming so big and around 2016 I asked my friend Ashley O'Toole who was running with us at the time to help and coach with the groups so she took the more progressive group. But what we know was from that was that there was, yeah, there was people a notch up, but there was also people a notch way ahead, like the way faster. 
So then we just started asking people to be involved and volunteering and helping out and uh, they got free membership and we look after them like with, with coaching stuff, with top jumpers and different things and they started getting involved and then the community just became bigger, you know? Yeah. And bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we're very supportive and we're, you know, we're not a running club and we emphasize we're not a running club. We are, it is jogging and we celebrate and support everybody that's involved with it, you know? And we do an online fitness or an online weight loss group that started off by chance in July 2015 and we had 300 people sign up. I came back to my phone, my phone was hopping. And then I've been doing a paid version of that ever since for about last last five and a half years. And that's been successful. That's gave us a regular income. That's so we, like there's nothing that we and um, then we were doing corporate stuff like we would say Dublin County Council. We they couched a 5k there. We also do a group called Walk on Wednesday. Then I got involved in our summer projects, unfortunately none this year. So it's sort of you connect with people and you meet with people, and then you never know what you're supporting and who you're supporting. Like there was a lady in Temple that just stopped because her calf muscle was too tight and I offered advice and help and an email or two, you know, there wasn't more than that. And in January 2017, when I decided that I would go and take the leap and coach approach was going to become a full-time sort of role because I did work in between that. I did land a job as a community employment supervisor in White Church. And again, by chance, but the I decided to take community games, or sorry, coach approach on, on a full-time basis. And basically what happened was that this lady who I'd helped innocuously rang us up and she was part of like a very, very large corporate company and uh, part of, and she rang and she was doing a health and fitness program. So when, at the time when I was like, Jesus, I make this right decision, leaving a full-time role as such, you know, a wage, a regular wage to do this. And then just out of the blue, she contacted us in January. I remember I was in a, a train station in Belfast and I got a text and I said, oh, this is great. Like, you know, so, um, I got a job there, met life, got a job with them and I done a bit of work and like a four week fitness program, well paid, you know. So then I started seeing, well, the potential is there to 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 expand and go on, you know. There's loads of other stuff that we do and uh, work with children with dyspraxia, who special needs, odd, uh, children who have autism. And then 2018 or 2019, we opened a school age childcare service in the Belgard. So there's various things like people say, and you do all that, and you do all that. You know, there's so much stuff now. I don't think I will ever get back to the level of capacity that we were at, where you were flat out Saturdays and Sundays and doing party parties and coaching. I don't think that will ever roll around again for the next at least another two, three years. When, when you say we, uh, is it you and a few other people? Uh, so in, I have, when I say we, so we have 10 volunteer coaches okay. who help out in Tala and Temple Oak. Hmm. And then we would have, I've a, we've been a uh, Sinead Toy, previous Tala person of the year in 2017, uh, a good friend of mine, and she teaches, well, now is an online fitness class. Um, and then we have six employees, including myself. So we've went, we've gone from Soldier, we've changed to Limited Company back in January, on January the 10th this year. So we've gone from Soul Trader to Limited Company now. Um, and we've, yes, yeah, five, employees in the after school service so you have to meet ratios the ratio is 12 to 1 working with children in that service so you don't know i've one administrator as well so so you're not just like 
like totally uh, fitness focused because I, I find like when I was like when I was a member of a gym years ago, like when you go to a gym, you, you kind of feel a little bit, bit intimidated when you, you go for advice for like the personal trainer because you feel like these guys are, are, are svelte and you're trying to trying to look a little bit better than you look, you know, you're trying to feel better about yourself. But I feel with, with you, you make people feel good about themselves and make them feel like, you look, we're all in the same boat here. You know, we just, we just yeah. have, we all have to get out there and, you know, it, it, it all starts in that one step, you know, as you say, couch to 5k. Yeah. I, even, I even try couch to 5k and it's not, it's not that much, but for some people who don't even get out much, it can be a challenge, you know, but. Yeah. I, I uh, suppose one of the, um, one of the girls on Tala came in against it. Somebody said, Oh, why did you win Tala person of the year? And I said, I want it because, and she said, no, 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 no. Lee makes health and well-being accessible for all. There's no, it's not like something you have to climb onto. And she yeah. said, you're understanding yourself, you know. So that's really where it came from. But like the opportunities came like I met um, Liz Kennedy from the Echo and a walk and weigh group I used to do. And Thomas Davis, J Club, I used to. So they used to come and weighing and then we used to do a walk or an exercise class. So we call it walk and weigh. It was very uh, not expensive. It was three years, I think, ago, and uh, compared to other groups. And uh, I met Liz there, and she had terrific results with the with the walking way. And then she joined the Kickstart, and then that's how I ended up writing the, the column every week in the Echo from January twenty seventeen, I think it was. Started writing a column, and um, I suppose you never know who you're going to meet, so you never piss anybody off. That yeah, makes yeah. Sense. yeah, as you're, as you're, as you're yeah, going through, you never yeah. know. Because Tala is a, is a close-knit community. And, like, you know, I didn't... Like, that girl at the time from MetLife, she signed up for 25 euros for six weeks. Like, you know, I didn't know she was really high up in a, a, a multinational company. Do you know what I mean? So you never yeah. know who you meet. And you know, I was, you know, I was supporting, I was help people. And I think that's, that's key, I suppose, because you always reach out and, you know, I probably go beyond what's needed or what's paid or what's paid for, if that makes sense. No, it does. I mean, I I think growing up in Tala, I think if I grew up in the north side of Dublin, I might be a different person. You know, I think Tala for me has has always stayed with me. You know, I've traveled a bit. I've worked on a cruise ship. I've lived over in England or Scotland for a few years. I think, I just think there's something about being from Tala. For some people, I was say from Tala, they kind of go, oh, Tala. But for me, yeah. Tala is like, it's a place where people are, genuine you know you get genuine folk you get hard-working folk like yourself and you just treat people as human beings you know it doesn't you, you don't yeah. you don't class people you don't say yeah Yo, you're from that person you're that place you're we don't like you yeah. everyone's accepted you know what i mean well i think obviously because we were born and bred and i suppose talent yeah. is a little bit special yeah. you know like it's there's no other area that i know that does like person people of the year that recognizes people in their community in the way that they do and that's been going on since 1984 Wow. Like that's amazing when you think about it. So there's all, and there's all like, yeah, there is rivalry amongst the GA clubs, don't get me wrong. And there is sort of like, well, soccer is better than GA. They'll always go on. Every, but there is a great sense of community. And I think it was heartwarming to see the amount of stuff that was done on a foundry basis, particularly around, you know, fundraising for different causes. Even though like, clubs had no income and even though they had no income they were still fundraising for other charities not even associated with the the club and and people who were volunteering and dropping food parcels to people up in Glenis Mall you know that were self-isolating and 
uh, the people in Thomas Davis and different various clubs in St. Mark's that were going to up to the super value in Springfield and they were collecting stuff and dropping food for people who were quarantining or isolating. Like off their own bat, like there was no there was no monetary reward. There was no like, well, if you do that, we'll give you a hundred grand or you know, there was just like they just did it. That's what's great about GA Club. But there was loads of like meals on wheels continued and staff that never done meals on wheels. I know in Bally Rowan there in Rathfarn and they were their staff went and who were usually the volunteers around Meals on Wheels, but staff had to go wing and do Meals on Wheels, you know, and they eventually got back to the volunteers, but there was loads of great stuff that happened in or around the local area that was, you know, very, very good and very, very positive. Yeah. You know? Now, I want to get back to Tala Person of the Year because you've, you've, you, you were 2019 and you're also 2020. How, how, does, how does one become Tala Person of the Year? Do you, like... Go on a short list and then you're nominated, or or how does it how does it work? Okay, so my first back in 1998, so we're going back a few years now. Yeah, and I was told I was going to this Christmas party in St Mark's J Club. Uh, I was when I got there, it was Tyler Person of the Year, and then my name was on a list, and I was like, what's my name on the list for? So I was, I think it was youth person of the year, like a young person that was contributing to their community. Now it wasn't really di- well. Obviously, somebody thought I was doing something. My mom's friend, Ron, who sadly passed away there a while ago, and he would have got, I think, a few nominations. So basically, people at the time uh, wrote on a form and then posted it or dropped it into the square. And they had would have had a box, like a, a, a post box. And uh, yeah, I was tell a youth person or not. Uh, I won the youth category uh, in 98 and then in 2000. And, Two, I won the sports category because it was so it's done. Talent person of the year. I remember a guy there, Jim, told us that talent person of the year is not done on the amount of votes or nominations you get. So if if Shane Hart was to get a hundred nominations for um say arts and culture for your podcast, yeah, but somebody else was to get two nominations. It depends on the quality of the nominations. It's not like a not like a like competition or a vote for that person. And then basically there's a judging panel that is more really kept in secret as far as I know. And I think it involves like top level, the Gardaí business community. Uh, I think uh, the master of maybe the Tala Hospital or in around that level, the CEO might be involved, like to be, so to be independent people as such, and they would just look at the nominations and they would judge on who they would judge who was the best person in each category or the best organization in each category. And then they would like from what I can hear, it's like almost like electing the Pope. We're waiting for the white smoke to come in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, so one of the girls was telling me that they came out and they thought, all right, well, we know now who the person was, but they were just asking for a pot of tea, you know? So it, it, they deliberate and all. So yeah. it goes on for quite a while, you know? And then I suppose it depends on the quality of the nominations. Like in 2014, we won business of the year. So we were like, we won uh, the business category. But like I hounded people for nominations you know it was yeah, very yeah. much like well let's get our set out there and then when they announced and we won it was fantastic and 
I suppose we were bringing value to community and we were bringing something that was slightly different than had been there before. But the nomination process, would have, and then any pair, so you can't be a category winner and have a person of the year. So last year I was nominated in the learning and innovation category. The reason I said that is that because I could, I don't have a I don't have a degree, but what they said, or from what I understand was, I didn't know why I was nominated in that, not the youth category, or not the the sports category, or community category. I didn't, or business. I didn't really understand why I was in learning and innovation. And someone said because you sort of like you sort of help people get it up and running, and then you sort of let them at it, you know, and you move on. You learn about something else, and then you move on. That makes sense. You mentor people um, somewhat. Yeah, I mentored yeah. them. I mentored them, get it up and running, and then learn about, like, I wouldn't be a great fitness instructor in the sense of, yeah, I could run once-off stuff for, you know, if it was like a corporate thing or, but like to coach and develop a fitness program in that sense and develop a really good, strong one where you could see improvement and all, I, that wouldn't be my strong skill set. So I sort of tried to stay away from that. Now, I do do work in Tala Hospital. I do fitness training and the psychiatric ward in Tana Hospital, but that's slightly at a lower pace and I feel comfortable at that, you know? Yeah. But, um, so yeah, so the person is nominated or the organisation is nominated. And um, again, it's not done on the amount of nominations that they receive. It's done on the impact of the nominations. Uh, the funny thing is on in 2019, I, I was telling a friend, you don't, who I helped lose a lot of weight and sort of giving guidance and support for over a year and a half. So I said, you've not nominated me in Tala Person of the Year. I don't want to be even gone to Tala Person of the Year. And I asked, like, I nobody nominated. Somebody, one of the joggers used to present a specific, oh, you got nominated, you know. But this year, I was like, or last year, I was like, don't nominate me, don't. You know, I'm not gone. <laughs> um, and then I got the certificate and I said, sure, I might as well go now. And then we used it as a staff night out or a volunteer night out and brought all the coaches on for a meal and a few drinks, you know, not expecting to, like I thought we, I was going to, like there was a few times they read out the merit awards and I thought, yeah, to go and this is me, like it sounds like me. And I was like, and then they just said, when they announced my name, I was like, I couldn't believe I was gobsmacked, you know. When you win such a prestigious award locally, do, do, do people look at you differently? Do they go, oh, here's a celebrity coming down the road or, or no? Uh, I was, this time last year, I remember being in the square. I remember like, obviously can't handshake now, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. And people come over to me and I sort of recognise, but didn't, they're like, oh, I was in your group years ago. Or, you know, there was yeah. a lot of goodwill yeah. from winning, you know, and uh, January was pretty quiet and I'd only sit down at the end of January first week in February of this year and sort of start saying well I really want to help sole traders and people like me who are like me to get their to you know help some way to improve because like you know I stayed away from the local enterprise office because I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur I seen an entrepreneur as somebody like that rang a social like you'd have to run a social media uh, project or you'd have to run like you know be selling a thousand cars a week I never see myself as an entrepreneur and I'm saying a lot of people probably don't realize they are entrepreneurs they think that it's a biz business suit sort of type you know I wouldn't have thought about that when I said I, I said away from the local enterprise office even though they're a great support for small businesses but 
and sole traders, I just stayed away from that. So I wanted to sort of promote and help sole traders and help people get their name out there or help with our social media or, you know, I, you know, I was only starting to that and I had a few ideas what we could do, like a little campaign with the Echo and then I was at the Local Enterprise Award on March 12th and then when the school show and then uh, our school uh, uh, childcare service shut and I didn't really take it serious and then March 15th when the pub shut, I was like, they're shutting them two days before the biggest drinking day in Ireland, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hold on here. Yeah, and, and Christmas on the horizon. How has um how has business uh, been affected in uh, this year? Because I think everyone's been affected, like personally or professionally. How how has business been affected this year for Coach Approach? So in April, there was a lot of stuff going on with the Department of Children and Youth Affairs. There was lots of forms to fill out. There was lots of wage subsidies. There was like they were topping up and. We done a change of circumstances from uh, sole traders limited company and that caused a bit of a nightmare. Now in hindsight, it was a great thing. But in April this year, I thought that was it. I thought because I couldn't see the I couldn't see any light at the end of it. I'm like, you know, in March I saw said Asha, we're back in school in two weeks, and then they were like back in May, and I said oh, I'm back in May. So I couldn't see it being prolonged for this long. You know, I think that's where people are at. They they. You know, people like a start, a middle, and an end. They might like to know if they turn yeah. on a movie, there's a start, there's a middle, and there's an end. They start a project, they start college or so on. And I suppose there's no start, middle, or the end here is there at the moment. And that's very frustrating. I thought the business was, I thought like, well, you know, we're going to have to let go of the girls after school. And I really thought that was it, yeah. Until the government came to the rescue at the end of March and that. But I thought in April, with everything going on, I didn't foresee was refereeing matches. I didn't foresee as working with children. I didn't think, I thought the business was going to go. Like, you know, it was sort of a very dark and lonely place, you know? Yeah. How have you found, like, not being able to do your passion as much this year? Have you have you found any other uh, things that have kept your mind yeah, busy? We, we moved a lot online. So I spoke about our, so our revenue went to zero. Like yeah. in April, uh, revenue went April tenth. Our revenue went to to zero. Those supports, employment supports, did kick in with the revenue, but didn't kick in with the Department of Children until it was near May. By the time they got all their wranglings around, they were very appreciative of the support. Yeah, we moved online. So we I spoke about the kickstart online weight loss stuff, and generally we had about 30, 40 people in general. But in, in April, I done a 21-day thing and exploded to 80-odd. It was the biggest program we've ran uh, since December 2018 and just exploded. And I sort of maintained about that every month for about maybe 50 or 60 people every month. We done a couch to 2K online and 200 people signed up. And then 100-odd clicked the button to Facebook. And so we done a free program. So there it was, no income. I done a free program. When I yeah. think about, you know. We raised money for the Irish Cancer Society. Again, no income. We went and bought medals uh, and ran a virtual 5K. Now, that and the post, it was just, <laughs> it was a real stressful time. Someone would get their medals the next day in Cavan, but wouldn't get in Old Bond. But we raised uh, just over 3,000 euros for, uh, we donated directly 2,600 euros 
and then we raised 500 odd euros on via Facebook for the Irish Cancer Society. You know, I donated all the the Easter or the, the Easter eggs I bought. I brought them down to Crumlin Hospital and gave them donated them through socially distance. And so we really sort of done, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. The Couch 2K was free and and then we we there was a group that wanted to continue so like there were 60 people i brought from two to 5k so 60 people joined from that hundred and odd so there was an income there you know yeah. so we done various different things to help yeah so and then i just tried to keep the jogging group who were members of the jogging group going so i done weekly challenges for a number of weeks but it was difficult like there was no income there was sort of trying to keep the lights on, like, you know, how will I make the mortgage payment next month, you know? Yeah. I went to log on to to transfer money in my bank account and I like only a few euros in it. And it said, oh, you can make transfers up to 100,000 euros a day. And I was like, I can't even afford a bag of chips, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no. no it yeah, it was difficult, but glad of the revenue support and then DCYA for 12 weeks and the wage subsidies now, you know, so to keep everything afloat, like, you know, so it is good, but I don't know how long they can, like, keep dishing out money the way they are. You know, I, I think we'll have to learn to live with it to an extent. Yeah. We've sure. done far better than most European countries. I know there's still over 2,000 people dead. As someone said, like, you can talk about stats and you can talk about different things. 100% of the people are 100% dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of, Scaremongers, a lot of like people that are disbelieving stuff and all is you know, social media became a bit you know, like in February when that lady passed. I don't, I'm not a fan of, um, I don't know what it was like your ex on the beach or something like that. Or yeah. I think it was one of those in Caroline Flick or Flock, she yeah. passed away. Like, Be kind, and the following week they're like murdering people to get in the line in Tesco, you know, so yeah. I know social media, it can be, be, it can be a, a dangerous place sometimes, you know, because, you know, face to face, like we're talking now, uh, yeah. that's kind of how I work, but social media is another scale and you've got that knack, you know, you've been using that. Uh, and hopefully, it, yeah, so, sorry, 99% of our work would come through Facebook, you know, someone would yeah. see a post, someone would see something, you know? Yeah. So, so it, always keep putting yourself out there. That's exactly yeah that's how people communicate these days social media is is a big uh, part of uh, people's lives you know i'm looking into the future here and i i i don't know maybe you can tell me if uh, you can shoot me down with this idea but uh would you ever consider running for mayor of south dublin county council you seem like you would be someone who would be good for the community you know uh when i won the talent person of the year uh, a good friend said of mine said to me to run for the council yeah. Now, the problem that I have with the council is not they're not paid enough money and people say oh they're public representatives they're not paid enough money for the amount of time so I think they're only paid for 20 hours of time or something per week Okay. but it requires a lot lot more you know than, and you wouldn't be able to run the business I don't think you'd be able to run the business I don't think I, I wouldn't see I wouldn't envision myself running for the local councillor or running for mayor or anything like that because I'm very much independent. I'm very much like not not sort of like getting out there. What I learned over the years before when I done community games, I put myself out there and saying, This is Lee doing this, but what I've learned is you're better off to put other people on the pedestal and put them out there and highlight their efforts and their commitment. 
So I don't think I would be the best person. And I know that uh, our last mare, Figgy Cashley, I know her schedule was like, you know, exhausting. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get into the council and they, they do want to do great things and all, but obviously the bureaucratic way things are moved, you know, are very slow at times. I think you might go in there with the best of ideas and full of enthusiasm, but there's a lot of, I, t- I still think there's a lot of nods and winks and I'm not saying there's any sort of thing going wrong legally or anything like that, but I just, it wouldn't be for me. I'd be too upfront and too honest to sort of deal with bull BS, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, yeah. Now, a lot of people said to us, but like, it's just, I don't think they get the respect either. You know, I, I, I remember a councillor put up a picture with a, a bus behind him saying, look, the number 15 is going to come 24-7. And someone wrote under, I hope the bus keeps rolling, you know? So yeah. I, wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to cope with that negative stuff on social media. So I know that, like, you know, no matter what you do in this life, there's always somebody of, of complete opposite on the complete other ten, like if I said yeah. jogging is a great thing to do, someone would like be like, "Well, running fast is better," and then someone say, "No, walking is better." So there'll always be somebody. Are you sure you can do that yourself? So there'll be always somebody of the opinion will always be like a hundred miles apart as well. If that makes sense, like someone saying, "Why is uh, Shane not doing like TV or YouTube videos?" You know, yeah, why yeah. is Shane on, launch his own TV studio? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there'll always yeah. Be some- yeah, podcast no. of cities. Should we have radio for years? You know, True, yeah. some opposite ends of it. Yeah. Too. I know radio radio has its place, but podcasting has, has a lot more reach, you know. Like with radio, if you're in local radio, for example, or in a national radio, there's probably less chance people will listen to in Australia or America. Whereas podcast, someone can click on uh go onto the you know uh Spotify or whatever and they can find your podcast just by happenstance, you know, just randomly go, Oh, there's a podcast, yeah. have a listen, and then who knows, you might get a follower that it. it's it, look, it's it, it, again. It's all chance. It's all. It's all. You put it. You put yourself out there. Uh, uh, you you put it out into the world, and hopefully they like what they hear. You know. That's what I was going to yeah. ask you. What you do to, to unwind? But I guess when you get to that point of twenty twenty, your your winding time is probably more than you, you expected. Oh unwind. yeah, like it, for the first first few weeks, and I really I really struggled because I was like you know sitting at a desk, I was sitting like this doing paperwork, trying yeah. to get out wage subsidies and salaries and all that sort you know yeah i think you're right in that in that sense where you're talking about the walking like i mean once you just take that step out the door like it's great that bit of fresh air hits you like if it's easy to sit inside and but now i can, I can go for long walks and i do as much walking as i can because i just need to clear yeah. the head a lot because you just don't when i didn't run in april i ran two yeah. four k's after easter that was it i ran yeah. 8k in april <laughs> yeah you know I'm walking as much as possible. And I'm just, I've got my step on, which I'm just, just making sure I get it. Like I, I was listening to those lads, the happy pair lads. And they were saying that, uh, um, and they, they were talking about, you know, not everyone does like physical exercise, but if you could do 10,000 steps a day, that's a, that's a start, you know? Yeah. No matter, yeah Cause 10,000 steps is it's about, it's like an hour and a half, maybe two hours walk, depending on like I've long legs. So I'd probably do about an hour and a half, but yeah, it depends on your pace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there you go. But uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's just getting outdoors and, and get, getting away from, you know, whatever is stressing you, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, like it was very intense. My dad, my parent, my mother was here. So yeah. I never had been in the house for that long. Mm. I was like, Oh, go. Yeah, so I used to call them wellness walks. I used to put on the radio, FM 104, on the phone, and, yeah. or 98 FM, whatever, listen to the news, listen to radio, and off I go. 
Yeah. I just walked for two. Uh, it wasn't any. I'm not a fast walker, but I just got off. I just got missing for two hours. Yeah. 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 Exactly. There was an app that could like tell you what was 5k was so like they actually developed an app to sell you oh you can go as far as here but no further who's going to check yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I want to give you one final word okay as you're the coach i, wa- I want to hear like some uh, uh any some motivational things you say to yourself or to people to 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 uh to get get them get get them ready to go you know well my latest one is what i whisper to myself uh, is be kind to yourself that may seem really hard but like be kind to yourself sometimes you're really you know when someone said to you you're like i'm not i'm an above average runner uh and people would say you know you're too hard on yourself regarding times and you know but so i've started whispering to myself when i'm really finding a tough i done a half marathon there a few weeks gone and i find a tough the last few k and i just said be kind to yourself you're doing great be kind to yourself and one of my famous ones is that you're lapping everybody on the couch so anybody that's sitting at home watching Coronation Street, you're lapping them 10 times. So like, you know, the fact you're getting up off the couch and the hardest part, as I say, is not the actual juggling or the thing, is actually getting out the door to go to the group or to just get out the door and do stuff, you know. That's the hardest part, getting out the door. So there are three things. So be kind to yourself. You're lapping everybody on the couch, doesn't matter how slow you're going. And uh, the, the hardest part is not the actual exercise or the actual group. It's getting out the door to the group, and then after that, then you know, ninety percent of success is arriving. You know, yeah, you know. Now, Lee, uh, thanks for coming on uh, to my podcast. Um, uh, all the best for the future. Hopefully, twenty twenty one is a better year, and uh, we pick things up. We again, the vaccine is is the word in everyone's lips at the moment. Uh, once that comes in, people will be able to go and uh, be less social distance as they are. Anyway, Lee, uh, all the best, and uh, take it easy. All right, no problem. Listen, take care. All the best. All right. Take it easy. See you. Bye-bye. See you. Bye-bye. Yes, that was Lee Maroney. Uh, He is the owner of and founder of Coach Approach. He is talent person of the year 2019 and also coming in 2020. And he's a lovely guy and very motivational, interesting man indeed. Now, once again, guys, this is Heartlines. This is episode 29 again. Go on back, listen to episode 28 and below. And remember, you're always welcome here on Heartlines. Take it easy. Bye-bye.